Well, hi, guys. Welcome back to Objectively Wrong, presented by the next man up. As always, I'm John. That's Abtine. It's been a minute. Not that long a minute, but a minute anyway. But you know what's funny? No matter how long we wait, I still always screw up the clock. So let's start that timer. Yay! Welcome back. Uh, we were happy going Thanksgiving. For, yeah, happy. Well, happy past Thanksgiving. Yeah, happy. Uh, past we've been, we've been gone for a minute. Um, due to the holiday week and logistical issues, coupled with the fact that I got really sick, I'm fine. I didn't have COVID or anything. I, I have a, I have a persistent mysterious medical issue that just kind of flares up here and there that I have no answer for yet. There's a man behind the curtain. Uh, he always goes, yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, I've got a, you know, we're, I have a stomach issue that flares up here and there. I've done plenty of tests, um, you know, but it just doesn't seem like there's yet a full answer. So We'll we'll see. If I ever get like super problematically like ill, we'll we'll talk about it here. But I've got nothing to report. It sucks. It is what it is. So, but I'm feeling much better now. So that's why we're back. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. No, we, we don't. Got a third. <laughs> no, we well, no, we don't. We don't have a lot of news to talk about. Um, but there's a couple of things I do want to touch on because okay. there's another piece of news here that I want to throw in there. But I want to start with something else. I want to start with a baseball thing, real quick. And I didn't tell Abtine I was doing this yet, but Abtine, I don't know if you know this happened. There's a strike happening. There's a lockout. Cool. Major League Baseball officially locked out the players. And I just want to go on record as saying the league office is a bunch of crooks. Bunch wait, of wait, crooks. wait, wait. The league office? <laughs> yes. The league office is a bunch of crooks. So the owners were like, man, we don't want to pay you anymore. Basically, yes. <laughs> that... Major League Baseball has not had a work stoppage since 1994. So in okay. my lifetime, baseball's never had a stoppage. Okay. It took it, – th- this was always – everybody knew that this season was going to be they, – they, they were going to hit a lockout this year. Okay. They just thought there was going to be more progress made. There wasn't. So I don't know how long this lockout's going to last. You saw for a couple of days the other day, for a couple of days earlier in the week, so many teams scrambling to sign free agents for the lockout just to try to get them locked in. Phillies made two moves, including a very, very important one to add a relief pitcher. You know, cool. We needed one. Great. Moving on. A lot of elite players got signed. The Mets spent way too much money on players that are past their prime. So lol. But the, the funny thing about this is how many great players are still in the market and how many of them had the wherewithal, in my opinion, the, the right approach to not sign prior to the lockout because the money is going to balloon now because there is no, here's something you might not know, Team. What does the NHL, NBA, and NFL all have in common that Major League Baseball does not? A salary cap. A salary cap. I watch Seinfeld. I know this. <laughs> Major League Baseball has does not have a salary cap. They have what's called the luxury tax, which discourages overspending, where if a team goes over a set number of dollars, the owner has to pay an additional fine. But 
there's nothing stopping you other than that. Just you can keep going. There's a, there's a floor kind of not really. It's again, another like slap on the wrist, like make sure you have this amount of money allocated, but nobody really gives a crap. The, the major league baseball's league office and the owners are trying to be like, Oh, we're arguing this lockout to try to make sure the game remains competitive. No, you're not. One of you owners is the f***ing Steinbrenner family. What are you talking about? You bet you crooks. All you do is overspend. No. Yeah. Four or five teams are going to continue to overspend. Yes, that's going to happen. And it's going to happen in the next CBA. Unless you bring in a salary cap, that will continue. Major League Baseball is the only con- the only sport in the United States of the big four that can sign a contract over 10 years. They're the only sport where you can spend $300 million on one player all at once. But that's what, not a year, but like <laughs> sign up. I mean, Bryce Harper's contract is 13 for 330. That is his contract. 13 years, $330 million. Major League Baseball, it's guaranteed unless specified that it's not. Bryce Harper is going to collect those, those dollars. You can do buyouts. You can do all that crap, but hard to do. <sighs> Major League Baseball is broken in a very, very real way. And it has taken a terrible commissioner and Rob Manfred for me to say Bud Silling was a better commissioner. Bud Silling sucks. Bud Silling is basically Adam, not Adam Silver, the guy that was before him. Everybody started to hate what was his name. Oh, the one David that... Stern. David yeah. Stern. Everybody started to get frustrated with David Stern. Manfred's worse. I think the worst commissioner in all of sport is still Gary Bettman for the NHL, but Manfred has given him a real run. I'm, I'm getting very close to changing that because Bettman started doing good things for the NHL. So anyway, I don't want to talk too much about baseball because it's so new. The lockout only began this morning at 12.01. <laughs> but just to give you an idea, Ebtine, I want you real quick to go on to MajorLeagueBaseball.com. Go on to MLB.com and click stats. And I just want you to see something. I want you to point out to me something odd you might notice. Despite the and fact that the first thing I see is a letter to baseball fans? Forget from, that. From Rob Manfred. Go to, go, click stats. Okay. You're going to notice something weird. What's wrong with the stats page, Abteen? I don't know. Well, I assure you it's done loading. How many pictures of players do you see? Oh, literally none. Literally none. It's just like a list. There is not one current player represented on MLB.com right now. No way. None. None. Which has led to many MLB players, most no- notably to me, Wait, no, no. Wait, I've I've heard of Jose Altuve. Is he is he currently on the website? Yeah. His picture? No. Right. But he's on the website. The stats are there. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Stats, names, but not pictures. So what? I need to go to like uh, what? Like 2012? No. What I'm gonna tell you is. There's not going to be any pictures. There's no pictures of current players in the stats. And it's become a, a, a talking point today for Major League Baseball fans 
Reese Hoskins, first baseman for Philadelphia Phillies, gave himself a new profile picture on Twitter. It's that silhouette. So many players have done this today, hashtag new profile picture, and made that bullshit silhouette their profile picture on Twitter. Because to Major League Baseball, all they are is a gray face. They are faceless pawns to the Major League Baseball League office. Oh, did my ad block actually get rid of that? Because I don't even see a silhouette. What do you mean? Like, let me let me show you what I actually see. Show me. Please do. Go to stats. Yeah, this is what I see. You might not see it there. Go on your phone. Okay. Do it on your phone. Because the mobile, the mobile's uh the mobile site definitely has it. All these players played this year. I mean, they all played this year. They all played in the play. The, this is the playoff stats. All right, MLB.com. MLB.com. Yeah, stats. I see it now. Yeah, I see it now. You see silhouette faces. Yep. Heads. No faces. No names on the players. No logos. No anything. Gone. Why did they do that? Because they're petty. And that's the only reason. They don't have to do that. They also didn't need to lock out the players, but they did it. Major League Baseball is so colossally, how many minutes have we done? Nine. They're so fat beyond belief. They've lost, they've lost paying customers coming into the building. Less people are watching on TV, or at least full games. Nobody watch, nobody's watching. I mean, I watch full games because I'm a sports addict. And in the summer, there's nothing to watch but baseball. I hate baseball. <laughs> I know you don't like you don't care for it. I, I've only recently gone back to it. But my, Rob Manfred makes it really really, really easy to get away from it again. This guy is bordering on horrendous as a commissioner. Might be might be a, he, he's worse than Bud Sealy. He he is worse than Bud Sealy as a commissioner at this point. He really is. So I baseball fans strap in. I have no clue when they're going to end. Yeah, th- this could go a week. It could go a month. It could go a year. I really, really hope that everybody comes to their senses soon because you can't really afford to not have baseball if you're working in the industry right now. That, that league needs money desperately, and you can't make money if you're not operating. Neither side can. So what does this mean? Well, you can't sign players. You can't orchestrate trades. You can't do a damn thing. Can't play games. Can't work out in the building. You can't go back until they open this, open this up again. League office has that power. They'll get back to the negotiating table. The league office letter does nothing but take shots at the players' union. Nothing but take shots at the players' union. It basically paints them as the reason for the closure. Bullshit. Bullshit. Rob Manfred cited that free agency, like how, I, we keep hearing the free agency is so broken, but it was so exciting and so quick the last three or four days. Bitch, that's because there was a lockout coming. What are you, stupid? Of course they was going, of course they were going fast. They're going fast because there was no choice. Moron. You know what you're doing. You know what you're doing. You're trying to hog all the cash. Sparse it out, you prick. Moving on. Back to the NFL. Speaking of pricks mm. and people that decided not to, and a prick that decided to not get a prick, but tell everybody that he did. Hey, Antonio Brown, fuck you. Team's just laughing. 
Are you okay? <laughs> no. I've literally, sat, I've literally sat here <laughs> just like for the last like 10 minutes, just like, when's my food getting here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I'm, I'm heated today, bro. I'm heated today. All right. I was so excited for NLB free agency and they ripped it from me. Bastards. I'm going to play with scissors now. <laughs> uh, we'll get to that. <laughs> what do you mean we'll get to that i don't know <laughs> <laughs> the hell does that mean yeah there's a time and place for scissor playing it's not now but it can be <laughs> but it's gonna continue to be all right yeah today, antonio brown's an asshole uh as we've already said before we get into antonio brown uh we're coming back from thanksgiving wonderful introduction john uh it is december yeah. 2nd. <laughs> welcome back to thanksgiving <laughs> you rob man fred <laughs> Uh, it is December 2nd. The football game is currently on. We're not watching. It's not on yet. It's not, it's not on yet. It's going to be on in 10 minutes. It's kicking off shortly. Real quick, just so we can say it now, Neither we're not going to shot take that game. We're not. No. But I want to make sure we – what? Okay, yeah. Uh, we're, should, we're, should, we predict, should we predict that game now? Cowboys are winning the game. Cowboys. That is our prediction. We're both predicting the Cowboys. I want to make sure we say it now before the game starts. Otherwise, we'll look like shit. Okay. So, <laughs> you know, it'll look like we're cheating. Um, yeah. It is currently 5. Oh, the two. game kicks off. At, it's 5.02 Pacific time. Mm-hmm. The game will kick off at some point while we're doing this episode. We'll watch it after. But the game is kicking off at some point. Uh, Epstein shrugs like he's not going to watch it. I'm not going to watch it. How are you not going to watch that? I have a test tomorrow. <laughs> oh, yeah. I have a final at 8 a.m. tomorrow, John. What's funny is I have I have some coming up, too. I really should get working. I only got two, but I got to get working. Um, so, yeah, that's – so, Cowboys, Cowboys. So, when we do the predictions later, it'll be during the game. I don't want to, you know, be behind like that. So, here we go. Antonio Brown along with two other people whose names I already forget and don't care about. Not important. <laughs> did, 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 saw what Aaron Rodgers did and said, nah, bitch, I got better. It's the big Let, chest needs to go in. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Tetris head, big chest. <laughs> Remember what his hair was? The T piece. Yep. Stupid. Anyway, he looked like a Lego man. Anyway, Antonio Brown supplied a fake vaccination card to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And according to, I think it was a Jeremy Fowler article I just read, he admitted to the NFL during the investigation this past week that he lied to Tampa and to the NFL and to his did, teammates. Did not tell his lawyer, though. Yeah, didn't tell his lawyer. His lawyer, some, like the first three words of his response is Mr. Brown is vaccinated. I think he's vaccinated now. Oh yeah. He's probably vaccinated now. Yeah. Yeah. But he's suspended for three games. Now, Emptine, I already know your answer to this question, which is why I'm just going to throw this to you real quick. Three games suspension. Is that enough? Yes or no? Should be a full calendar year minimum. Why do you say that? You committed a federal crime. <laughs> yeah, you kind of can't fake um, 
you kind of can't fake a government document like a vaccine slip. Uh, also, vaccine like card to government doc. <laughs> at what point are you gonna, you know, I don't know, prove you have the authority? Like, make an example out of the man. Yeah, it's. I almost feel like, in a weird way, this helps Tampa. It's punishment. I mean, they don't need to pay him. They don't need to put him on IR. He's going to spend the time getting healthy because guess what? He's hurt for three more games. <laughs> like, Antonio Brown lost nothing. He lost nothing. Tampa Antonio Bay Brown loses three nothing. game checks. He loses three game checks. That's it. That is all Antonio Brown loses. This is not an appropriate suspension. Uh, the reason you and I, we already talked about this, the reason this is worse than the Aaron Rodgers thing, the Aaron Rodgers thing is still f***ed up, but the reason this is so much worse than the Aaron Rodgers thing is because Aaron Rodgers, apparently the Packers and the NFL knew that Rodgers wasn't. They, they knew that he was immunized with, you know, the Joe Rogan horse special. Um, <laughs> by the way, speaking of morons still following him, Head of the UFC, Dana White, whole family has COVID. He said he's talking to Joe Rogan for medical expertise. You people are f***ing stupid. All of you, dumb. All of you, dumb. If I hear the word Joe Rogan and medical in a sentence, other than Joe Rogan is not a medical like source or resource, if I hear Joe Rogan and medical in a means of trying to defend why you aren't vaccinated and why you're taking ivermectin, shut your mouth and get away from me kindly. Go away. go away. I have no time for that. No time. It's just, you, you, you just don't want to think. Or you really pride yourself on not. It's one of the two. I'm coming to throats today, Abdi. I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm feeling some type of way. I'm coming for that burrito. Yeah, you got a burrito coming. <laughs> Rubio's is dope. Not a sponsor. But can be. Could be if you want. You just to give me a burrito every single day. <laughs> you know what I think? You know what's funny is like someone who will never like sponsor this, but like I I can't show them enough. What? Like, what's a company that you think would never sponsor an episode, but like, you would you would definitely like just be like not a sponsor, but a fan. I promote their crap anyway. <laughs> Nintendo. <laughs> I was gonna say that was I was gonna say Nintendo. <laughs> I was gonna say Nintendo or like Disney. Like they were never gonna. I love Disney too. Speaking of Disney, Eternals. I know it's Marvel, not Disney, but like, if you haven't seen it yet, guys, and you're a Marvel fan, ignore the reviews. It is way better than that. I haven't seen it. I understand why people don't like it. I get it. I liked it very much. Can we get um, a Can we get a movie ticket for like when I'm back? <laughs> is that still possible? If you want to, I'll go. Okay, let's I'll do go. that. Yeah, I would go. Yeah, I mean, it's long. I'm not gonna pretend like it's not long. It's very long. I don't care. I just want to see before Spider-Man. By the way, if you want a Spider-Man ticket, do I have a deal for you? (laughs) Yeah, we own Spider-Man tickets. We own three Spider-Man tickets that we're not going to use because we had another situation come up that is more advantageous. We're glad they sell them. Well, I can't even say that out loud. We'll talk. Contact me and we'll talk. This only works if you live in the Los Angeles area. Oh, yeah. John is a dirty, dirty man. (laughs) People take man. all your money. <laughs> I didn't buy them trying to scalp. We just got better tickets. We have better uh, tickets. We got, so, so this is what happened. And I'd rather sell them to a good person than just send them back to Fandango and let the frenzy 
or, uh, you know, take, take control of them. This is what happened. Explanation time, because we are not a fan of scalping. No, um, we are not. We bought very the tickets. Scalpers. We bought the tickets. They're very shitty IMAX tickets. They were like front row. They were pretty bad, but we bought them because we'd rather watch the movie than not. And right. then my cousin called shout out Mo and What's basically said, Hey, <laughs> I got fantastic tickets here. Venmo me and we can set you up. <laughs> so now we're going to go see it still in IMAX. Not only is it fantastic tickets. Yeah. It's fantastic tickets. Where indeed? Oh, I don't know. I've never been <laughs> the Chinese theater. Yep. The only now you'd be asking John of team. What? That's amazing. What could possibly be the downside? The movie starts at 1 a.m. What is the, is the downside? One de- so There's what do you mean? We have, we have the chance to watch every Spider-Man movie before it and then go and watch it. That's true. We're, oh, God. That whole day we're going to be watching movies. Yeah. How tired are we going to be? So tired. You're going to drink oh, coffee. I can't. <laughs> Especially not with stomach issues. I can't drink coffee. I had to take a three-minute bathroom break during Eternals. That was not cool. <laughs> um, I, I wasn't happy, but I went with my sister who had seen it already. She gave me literally the information, all the information I needed back. I missed nothing except for one thing, but I came in at the tail of the one thing. So I was still like, oh, that happened. She's like, yeah. I'm like, all right, cool. I got it. I'm good now. So anyway, um, football, are you ready for some football? <laughs> Antonio Brown can go to hell. Now we have a segment that we've concocted. It's five of our personal shot t- uh, hot takes. We're not shooting on these, but these are our like unmitigated opinions on shit. Okay. That's kind of what it is. Like we're not shooting on this. Okay. This is just us kind of venting about five things that we are noticing in the NFL right now. All right. Shout out Shaq. <laughs> and I'll sh- I'll shout Shaq out on number two. Okay. Because our conversation with Shaq the other night on Discord, not a sponsor, was <laughs> yeah. I'm just recently a Discord user. I'm still learning how it works, but I'm starting to like it more. Yes, get get us off of Facebook Messenger. I'm sorry, Meta Messenger. <laughs> still Facebook Messenger. Um, because the website is still called Facebook. The overall company is just Facebook. <laughs> Nobody, but I'm gonna make sure we're right. We're nothing if not corrected, team. Objectively. <laughs> That's true. We are wrong. <laughs> we got to be incorrect for the brand. So we, we're using Napster now. Anyway, so after a conversation we had now, Dave Teen's going to lose himself laughing because I'm just that funny. Uh, conversation we had with, now he's going to hold his breath to try not to laugh at his best friend, Chad. Chad. <laughs> anyway, the, uh, we were on Discord the other night with shit. What? We still don't watch that. Uh, we, can't. <laughs> we can't we can't let's not get into that so we talked with Shaq the other night late into the evening and had a relatively lively back and forth textualized conversation regarding somebody and we'll talk John about that was so demeaning <laughs> no I wasn't yes you were <laughs> that wasn't demeaning yes you were you were talking down to him <laughs> No, I wasn't. I yes, was talking. <laughs> I was talking. Okay. I, I already apologized to Shaq, but if he thought I was talking down to him, it certainly wasn't intentional. Okay. I, 
you know, it's we're having a football debate. I'm not going to talk down right. to you. I know I know enough about football to have the conversation. Uh-huh. So anyway, <laughs> we'll talk Shaq. What's good. We will talk about DK Metcalf in this, but not yet. We've got five things. We're actually, we noticed a trend in our conversation here. There's a lot of Seahawk hate. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of, we're going to be dragging Seattle right now. So if you're a Seahawks fan, you best want to look away. Or don't, don't because you're going to see the future of your team in the next 20 minutes. Oh, yeah. Number one. And and it's bleak. (laughs) Just drop the scissors. Your state. Number Number one. Pete Carroll should lose his him? job. <gasps> How dare you? <laughs> or resign. <laughs> One of those uh, is probably going to happen. Anyways, Pete Carroll should not be the Seattle Seahawks head coach. He really should not be the Seattle Seahawks head coach coming next year. And uh, if he doesn't retire, I look forward to whatever team wins that race because he will be the number one head coach on the free agency market. <laughs> yeah. Carroll's an old dude. It's not yeah. like he's going to be around in this league much longer. We could have talked about Lincoln Riley today. I just don't think we need to because it doesn't affect the NFL. But what a move like Lincoln Riley does is makes it so the coaching pool in the NFL becomes more like it, it fleshes it out a little bit better. When Pete Carroll hits the, hits the free agent pool, here's the problem with Seattle right now is that Seattle still thinks they're competitive. And they're just not. And you only need to look at their record to know that they're not. But what do you do this morning? Let's sign Adrian Peterson. Why? You're three and eight. You're three and eight in one of the hardest divisions in the National Football League. Three, three and eight. Atlanta is five and six, and they Atlanta. stink. It's going to the playoffs. <laughs> if Atlanta ends the year 11 and six, we're still like we win. clairvoyant. Yeah. Yeah. We win. We're, we take no shot takes at the end of the, at the end of the season. If they finish 11 and six. <laughs> Agreed. That means they will have won six straight <laughs> and that's just not going to happen. Um, <laughs> the problem with Seattle the, the Adrian Peterson thing is like a microcosm for me, and it'll come back up when we talk about the last thing. Okay. But because it will, because we're talking about them there too. Seattle's not managing themselves well at all. Everything they've done the last couple of years seems like a mistake. And Pete Carroll's not coaching them well. Pete Carroll himself has said that he's not coaching well. I mean, They'll give him the end of the season. What? What'd you just do? Oh, is that for the emulator? Yeah. Lit. Paper Mario comes to the Switch in a week. <laughs> the original Paper Mario. Hell yeah. I love Paper Mario. Woo! Anyways, Pete Carroll. Save that news for after the show, you prick. <laughs> Continue. Pete Carroll. Uh, Pete Carroll. You distracted me is very traditional. Some would say too traditional. Uh, I will give him, I will give him like one thing though. Do you see like the difference in like win rate for the, for the Seahawks when they have Chris Carson and when they don't, 
it's pretty massive. Like when when Seattle has Chris Carson, they basically win like two out of one of their two out of three of their games. And then when they don't, it's like it's super bleak. It's like maybe like fifteen percent. Yeah. So uh, maybe he should ran, run the ball a bit more. <laughs> but what I will say is that defense is garbage. You gave your first round pickup for it to be not garbage and didn't work out. And um, the offense is what lifeless. I think is the correct word to say with that. Lifeless is a good word. And lifeless is a real good word. I mean, at some point, like you just need a fresh perspective, and that means changing the head coach, because Pete Carroll has been here for a very long time, has some extreme highs, won a Super Bowl for Christ's sake. But sometimes it's time to move to, on. Been, been to two, went to them yeah. back to back. Should it's, have won the second one. Sometimes it's just it is time to move on. Anything you want to add, John? I mean, I'll add it on the second one. All righty. Number two, DK Metcalf is one of the league's most overrated players. Hey, Shaq. <laughs> what's, good, what's good, buddy? Let I me mean, listen. I, I can just read our Discord conversation from the other night. I can just read it off. You just want to put him on blast. I'm not demeaning him. I'm just, you know. I'm not. <laughs> Was I, I, I wasn't trying to. You want to you want to read the conversation like out loud and see what happened? <laughs> what do you mean see what happened? I'm I'm a prick. I know that. I just you know it wasn't an attempt to demean anybody. It's the way I talk. You're a prick. I, I, you did get the prick, Antonio Brown. Well, I definitely got the prick because I still have to get my booster. I'm waiting until the end of exams, but I will get the booster well before Christmas. Um, I already have my appointment when I get back. Appointment. Okay. Mm-hmm. They're doing CVS walk-ins, though. You can do that, too. Oh, I'm, I got whatever my mom got me. Fair enough. All right, moving on. Um, well, that's right, because you're going home for... Okay. So here's the deal. I'm not going to... Here, here's the biggest problem I have with the DK Metcalf thing. First of all, I am not going to listen to anybody lament the whole... You know, it gets mentioned for the Eagles a lot that the Eagles took J.J. or I think a white side ahead of D.K. Metcalf. Would you have made the pick? Yeah, I probably wouldn't have made that pick. I wouldn't have made that pick then. But eight teams took wide receivers before D.K. Metcalf. In fact, Seattle chose a player before D.K. Metcalf. Granted, if I'm not mistaken, that player was L.J. Collier. (laughs) But... It's what they did, and I want to make sure I'm right on that before I continue with that line of undressing. But my problem with DK Metcalf is that, yes, while he's not untalented, and he's not, he, he's a pretty talented ball player. This year, 47 receptions for 650 for eight touchdowns. He's broken 100 yards receiving once this year. He oh, you want me to bring up a- those numbers? <laughs> Hold on a second. He has broken 100 yards receiving once this year. In the last four weeks, his numbers are 43 yards, 26 yards, 31 yards, and 13 yards. That 43-yard game, he caught two catches for the, he two, caught two touchdowns. Good for him. He's got how many TDs on the year? He's got eight. It's a good number for the season. He's only got 47 catches though. Let's compare that to Tyler Lockett. 
here's this is the overarching problem I know that I have with DK Metcalf is that he's not even the best receiver on his own team. And yet people decide, you know what? I'm going to compare him to Megatron. Why? DK Metcalf's a better fantasy performer than Tyler Lockett because he's in the end zone more. He's also very big. But Lockett's got more catches and more yards. Tyler Lockett's got four games eclipsing 100 yards receiving, including two games breaking 140 and one game at 178. He's also got a game of eight catches and a game of 12 catches. As far as Metcalf's targets, Metcalf is only targeted roughly like seven times a game. He's got one game where he was targeted 11 times. He only caught the ball six times in that game. Meanwhile, Lockett's got three games where he's targeted in excess of 10 times. Tyler Lockett is clearly the favorite receiver in Seattle, which renders DK Metcalf the wide receiver two. That's what that would stand to reason. He is wide receiver two on Seattle. Now, people want to continue to make the comparison that Megatron and DK Metcalf have a very similar years one, two, and three. Can anybody, can anybody with, can anybody please, without looking it up, tell me who the fuck was throwing in the ball in Detroit for the first three seasons of his career? You can't. Because it was Dan Orlovsky, including a season when Detroit went 0 and 16. The year Detroit went 0 and 16, it was 2008. Okay? 2008, the Detroit Lions went 0 and 16. Calvin Johnson's numbers in 2008, he caught 1,300 yards (laughs) and 12 touchdowns. 1,300. Metcalf last year on 83 catches, he caught 1,300 yards. He made a pro bowl. You know what's funny about Calvin Johnson the year he caught 1,300 yards in 2008? He didn't make the pro bowl. Because he played on Detroit. 12 touchdowns on 13-31. He had more than Metcalf. Metcalf year one had 58 catches for 900. Megatron had 48 catches for 756. He didn't start most of those games. Calvin Johnson only started 10 of the 16 games that season and missed one full game. If you adjust the games Megatron missed, Okay, if you take what was it? Metcalf last year played all 16, 1,310 touchdowns to Calvin Johnson's 1,312 touchdowns. In 2019, I'm sorry, 2009, if you take Calvin Johnson's 984 yards and adjust that for the two games he missed on his average yards per game, which is 70.3, he's outstanding. 140 yards total, which brings his total roughly to 1,100 yards, a little bit more than 100 on that season. The way Metcalf is playing this year, he's not going to break that number. The way Metcalf looks the last couple of weeks, he's not going to break 1,000. So I'm sorry, but I'm not in a world where we're going to start comparing DK Metcalf to Megatron. Unless... DK Metcalf decides to make his second three years in the NFL anything comparable to what I'm about to say. 
77 catches at 1120 for 12 touchdowns, 96 catches for 1681 and 16 touchdowns, 122 catches for 1964. If DK Metcalf does anything slightly comparable to that, I'll eat my words. I'll eat my words. That he's not overrated as but he is. Because all he does is bitch. Do you know how many times Megatron was targeted by the way of team in 2012? How many times? 204. <laughs> he was targeted 200 times. Now, they threw the ball a lot that year. And you know what's funny? 122 catches. You know how many touchdowns he caught? How many? Five. <laughs> Bad year. Weird, right? Weirdly low. Weirdly low. And I remember there was a stretch there where Megatron would catch a ball and get tackled at like the one and a half. I remember he would just, that last yard was like banging into a mirror and he couldn't quite get through. It was the funniest thing. But if you're going to start comparing DK Metcalf, I want to see how many times DK Metcalf is double covered. It's not nearly as many as Megatron was because Megatron didn't have a whole lot around him to help. The Seahawks like to run the ball a lot. They have a quarterback (laughs) that runs the ball on his own. They have a quarterback that should have been MVP by now, whereas Megatron had nobody until year four. And even then, Matthew Stafford, Matthew Stafford has never been close to Russell Wilson. No, no, Russell Wilson. Yeah, okay. He's Megatron because he's played with an elite quarterback. Give me a break. He's got better coaching. He's got a better quarterback. He's got a winning tradition in Seattle. Give me a fucking break. DK Metcalf is not Calvin Johnson. Never. Never. And I don't think he's ever going to reach those heights. DK Metcalf is going to be a really good wide receiver too in this league for a really for a pretty long time. Whoever pays him too much damn money in a year. I think they're making a mistake. I am terrified. <laughs> Why? You think it's you? Oh, yeah. I could see it. I'll talk about that at number five. Uh, I think anything else I want to add on. I mean, DK Metcalf. I don't even think DK Metcalf is a top 20 wide receiver in this league. Let's take a look real quick. I, okay. I, I'm curious. I'm going to look at the NHL, uh, NHL, NFL's current NFL receiving yards leaders this year. I know I'm not saying we're not going to use yardage as the only metric, but I'm just going to start saying names. Okay. okay. And I'll keep track of the number okay. of players that you think are better or not as good as DK Metcalf. All right. And if we can't hit 20 within the top 100 of yardage getters, top we probably aren't getting it. <laughs> I need this. Well, cause you could see some weird ones. I mean, there's some, I mean, number nine in rushing yards this year is, you know, Lamar Jackson. Okay. You know, what number 10 is, who? Jalen Hurts. Oh, God. <laughs> anyway, Cooper Cup. Better. Better. Tyreek Hill. Better. Keenan Allen. Better. Devontae Adams. Better. <laughs> okay, now are we only doing wide receivers? Yeah, only wide receivers. Okay. Justin Jefferson. Better. Uh, oh, I'm doing yards, not reception. Hold on. I got to do yards. Okay. Uh, Debo Samuel. Much better. This year, Debo. Uh, Jamar Chase. Yeah. Did I already say Keenan Allen? Yeah. DJ Moore. Like I, have him compar- I, I have him comparable. Yeah. 
Stefan Diggs. Better. Tyler Lockett. Better. We're already at nine. Chris Godwin. Better. Deontay Johnson. Oh, probably better comparable. in a year. Probably better in a year. Let's say comparable for now. So we're already at 10. Um, Terry McLaurin. Honestly, Terry McLaurin, if he had Russell Wilson, he'd be so much more hyped than he's getting right now. He would be. I'll keep DK above him for now. Mike Evans. Yeah, better. Adam Thielen. Better. CD Lamb. Better. We're approaching 15. Uh, AJ Brown. Oh, yeah, definitely better. Amari Cooper. Probably better. Pretty I comparable. Agree Pretty I, close. Agree, I agree with the probably about that. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Better. No shit, right? Yeah. Getting real close. I've lost count. We're at 16. We're, we're at 16. Mm-hmm. Antonio Brown. I kind of just want to say no off of principle. <laughs> uh, Antonio Brown. I mean, yeah, I would say better. Let's see. Any other major receivers out this year? Because he might Michael be. Michael Thomas might is be. out. All right, Michael Thomas. Mm-hmm. Uh, Julio Jones been pretty bad and injured. Julio Jones has had, it hasn't had a good year. I'm going to keep him. I'm going to keep him above Julio. What about Calvin Ridley? Oh yeah, definitely better. Ridley's better. Will we at seventeen? We're at uh, nineteen. <laughs> so we're okay. We're establishing right now this the the official position of the two of us is that DK Metcalf is no better than 19th or 20th. Yeah. And at least 15 of those are easy money. Easy money. I mean, there's. I, I'm trying to find anybody. I, I'm skipping a lot of names just to like see if I can find somebody that I'm forgetting about. I mean, we don't, I'm like, if we throw in like tight ends and just running back weapons, that number goes super far down. Oh, no. It balloons if we go into tight ends. I mean, it's Cordell Patterson, then. Cordell Patterson this year, <laughs> this year, Cordell Patterson's a hybrid running back receiver. So, you know, I, I'm going to keep Patterson off because he doesn't make any damn sense because he's now listed as a backup safety. Um, <laughs> and that's true straight up. I mean, listen, I could say Cortland Sutton. I could say Jerry I was, Judy. Yeah. Cortland Sutton. No, Jerry Judy's. You can't say Jerry. Judy. Ju- Judy's not. Yeah. Uh, Sutton is when healthy. <laughs> so, there, the problem we're establishing here is that, yes, while DK Metcalf has X amount of numbers this year, as far as yardage is concerned, if we go just on receiving yardage on the year, and let's just go on total yardage, receiving yardage on the year, let's see where he ranks. Receiving is over here. I know we're spending a lot more time on DK, but that's because nobody cares about Pete Carroll right now. One, two, three, four. There's only four dudes that are breaking a thousand. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. We could say Michael Pittman, but I, mean, I, I think the answer to that is no. I think DK is better than Pittman. 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 25. He's not in the top 25 in receiving yards. He's number 28. Do you know who has more receiving yards than DK Metcalf this season? Granted, on a great deal more receptions. But do you know who has more receiving yards than DK Metcalf this season? Cole Beasley. Hunter fucking Renfro. 
Let's go. Let's go. Hunter Renfro. DK Metcalf is 47 receptions this year. Kyle Pitts has 45 and more yards. Cortland Sutton has 45 and 16 less yards. Kendrick Bourne has 42 at 623. Chase Claypool has just south of 40 more yards, 40 less yards of DK Metcalf and has 10 less catches. Yeah, DK Metcalf's a stud. Deshaun Jackson, granted, Deshaun Jackson is a complete left field player. 20 catches at 582. That's insane, by the way. What's um, but what's your rookie doing right now? Devontae uh, Smith? Yeah. He's 25th. He's over DK. He has 48 catches for uh, 86. You know what I would do if I was Seattle? I would let Pete Carroll walk. I would trade DK Metcalf and Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett. And I would go hard on the rebuild. And I would trade Chris Carson as one wants Chris Carson. Don't don't just just break it all down. Like trade Bobby Wagner, man. Don't waste him. <laughs> they, they the Seattle Seahawks need a straight up rebuild, yeah. top to bottom. Mm-hmm. And DK Metcalf's contract's about to be up. Yeah, he's got one more year, which means this year, this summer is going to be the year he's looking for money. If I were you, Seattle, I would not be the one paying it. Traded, you'll get a first round pick. You will get his name, his name matters for some reason. DK Metcalf is to me Odell Beckham, as far as Odell Beckham leaving New York to go to Cleveland. To not, there's no, you know, to my knowledge, there's not as much of a a character issue. I do know that he's getting annoyed with some of what's going on in the offense, that's been documented slightly, but it's not nearly the flashiness of Odell Beckham. All I know is DK Metcalf so far this season has shown more of a propensity to care more about his hair color than his actual on-field product. I don't know how many drops DK Metcalf has in this season yet. I know last year he had a great many. I mean, how many drop DK Metcalf drops? How many drop passes does DK Metcalf? Who was have? the who was the Hall of Famer? He didn't know. Like he called him out on Twitter for criticizing Dan Sharp. Yeah. <laughs> Shannon Sharp, the NFL's dropped passes leader. This is last season's drop passes leader. NFL's drop passes leader last year. Deontay Johnson at 16, Judy at 14, Tyree Kill at 11. DK Metcalf had nine drop passes. Nine. That's too many. It's, it's too many. It's just too many. You cannot drop the ball that much if you're going to be receiver one. It is what it is. The only flash play I've seen of his this season where I'm like, where I was like, okay, there's DK Metcalf was a throw to him from Geno Smith. I forget which week it was, (laughs) but there you go. All right, let's move on from this wide receiver to another. Robert Woods. Oh, I'm sorry. Number three. (laughs) <laughs> number three. Robert Woods is the most important wide receiver on the Rams squad. Can I can I ask you a question before you start with that? Sure. Is he more important than Cooper Cup? Because Cooper Apparently. Cup is clearly okay, <laughs> but you haven't lost Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup is wide receiver one. Clearly. Yeah, he's clearly the best wide receiver. 
So why, it, like Woods clearly, I mean, you're, we're going to talk about why Woods is proven to be so important to the Rams, but does his importance mean that he's more important than Cup? Yeah. Go ahead. You want to know why? Case. Because the team is collapsing. The wide receivers aren't doing stuff. <laughs> like, so, like, did you see that? Like, OBJ had to get permission from the wide receivers to join the team. Oh, yes. God, that was stupid. <laughs> um, Robert Woods is clearly wide receiver, too, for that team. Clearly. And although Vance Jefferson's developing pretty nicely, if I, if I have anything to say about it. Van. Uh, Van, whatever. <laughs> Van Jefferson. Um, there are some players that are just so important to team chemistry that when you lose them, the team collapses. And Robert Woods is an example of that. Another example of that is apparently Hunter Renfro. <laughs> um, like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter if Cooper Cup's a better wide receiver. He's clearly the better wide receiver. It's kind of like a Tampa situation, right? You have Mike Evans, who's the best wide receiver on that team, but then you have, like, Chris Godwin also. If they lose Chris Godwin, what's going to happen to Mike Evans? Oh, I don't know. You'll get double teamed every single play because there's no yeah. one else to throw to. And when you have uh, Robert Woods hurt, hi, Oz. Now Cooper Cup is the only focus because Van Jefferson, while developing, is still clearly not a wide receiver too. And OBJ is just there because I don't know. I don't know why OBJ is actually there. He doesn't seem to be played anymore. The, the loss of Robert Woods necessitated the signing, I guess. Yeah. But like what? Three weeks ago, the Rams were looking to be the best team in the NFC. Three weeks later, the Rams are going to be lucky to get into the playoffs. What changed? Robert Woods. I mean, yeah. I, I, I've, I've long been a critic of Robert Woods. I didn't think he was that important in Buffalo. I don't, I didn't love, I didn't like him in USC. I, he's not, he's not a player that I look at and I'm like, I need to have that player on my team. But it seems like he, you know, what's funny is I, I liken him to like Jeremy Macklin. Uh, oh yeah. The old Eagle wide receiver, because it's a guy that you didn't know was as good as he was until he was gone. Yep. Granted, he didn't do much when he went to Kansas City, but he was, he was still annoying. To us. Was he? <laughs> yeah, he was super annoying. <laughs> he, well, because the guy didn't drop the ball. The guy yeah. was so efficient with his with the with the ball, and he was such a very, very good route runner. I could run like six or seven out of nine, which by the way, last point I'll make on Metcalf, he runs two routes. Um, but Robert Woods is proving to be like a very almost like a Jeremy Macklin type where he's not going to the all pro team or the pro bowl, but he's going to be active and effective for your football team. And his value can't be understated. I used to have him and Sammy Watkins in the same realm of like, I don't trust them, but Robert Woods has clearly surpassed the trust level. I have for Sammy Watkins. My trust Sammy level Watkins, Sammy has Watkins is now problem. zero. Sammy but, Watkins has his own problems. I'm not good. We're not going to get into that. But yeah, Sammy Watkins. If you want to look, if you, want, you guys want to know something about Sammy Watkins, what was the story about him? He like started seeing things. Yeah. Um, Just look that up. I don't remember what it was. It came out before it's, Kansas City Super Bowl. It's come out a while ago. It's not brand new. Go take a look. It's, I mean, it's interesting and also concerning. 
So, you know, it is what it is. But I, I think your point's well taken. I didn't even think of this one until you brought it up about Robert Woods. And team pitches this one to me two days ago. I'm just like, that crap, I didn't even think of that. Because he clearly, I mean, the Rams are in hell right now. Granted, they're playing Jacksonville this week, so it should be a little more heaven than hell this week. But And if you lose, I will crucify you. <laughs> if they lose that game, Robert Woods should demand an extension, like a long one. Comeback player of the year, MVP. <laughs> Robert Woods is gonna get Robert Woods is gonna get Amari Cooper money if they yeah. lose to Jacksonville. All right. Number four, and this is another one of yours before we go into my number five rant. All right, John, who's been horribly mismanaged? What quarterback, young quarterback, has been horribly mismanaged? Daniel Jones. <laughs> uh, there have been a few. There have I mean, been a quite a bit. There have been more than you'd think. Like, you know what we should do in the offseason? Hmm. We should, like, look at the draft, starting with, like, Teddy Bridgewater and Blake Bortles' years and move on and see how many of them actually worked out. Because <laughs> it's, it's kind of it's scary. Not, it's not many. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of scary. It's scary how few QBs have been sticking recently. <laughs> it's scary. But uh, you know who has the, I think the most, I, I know who you're going to talk about because we're looking at the script, but I will say before you get into him, I think the most mismanaged quarterback in the NFL, as much as I think he was a bust anyway, is Sam Darnold. But, but... That's not to say that if he were a managed team, he'd be doing well. I don't think that's true either. <laughs> I, I think he's no good, but either way. Go ahead. Now, this quarterback, uh, in the month of November, I'm going to read you his stats and the rank that he has for the quarterbacks, okay? Completion percentage, 80.5. How many games he play in November? Four. Four, Yeah. <laughs> Well, no, Detroit only played three. Rams played three. I'm, I'm sure four or three. Who cares? <laughs> uh, that ranks for number one four among is quarterbacks. vastly more impressive. The passer rating, 110. Fourth best in November. Yards per attempt, 8.58. Second best. And win percentage, 100%. Who am I talking about, John? <laughs> well, it can only be one man. It is the Tua. I'm not going to try to pronounce his last name. <laughs> Tagovailoa. Tagovailoa. And by the way, he's th- he had three games in November. Okay. Three. All right. Who, who do they play this week? I'm thinking. I'm thinking they're going to make it four. <laughs> oh, they're playing the Giants. They're going to make it four. They're playing the Giants and then the Jets. They're going to make it five. <laughs> um, yeah. Tua's developing. No one seems to really like notice that much right now. But uh, he's not only getting better, it's kind of like taking leaps at this point. So I, I, I got to try to refute a little mm-hmm. bit because – I, I think what needs to be referenced here is his competition. Okay. His three games in November was a game against Baltimore in which he did not start. A game against the Jets and a game against Carolina. And it's Carolina now, 
not Carolina in September. Because Carolina now is really horrendous. And the Carolina now, he had a rating of 108.3, which is good, and an 87% completion percentage, which is filthy. But only 230 yards on 27 completions and only one score. And they scored 33 points in that game. It was a very defensive effort for Miami. And he was still sacked twice. Game before that against the Jets, 273, two scores, and still threw a pick, still at the 108 rating. He likes to huddle around that 108 rating. 108's incredible. If you want to play 108 ball every week, you're probably going to win football games. But I, I look at what he did earlier in the season. His game against New England week one, they win it by one, but he only throws for 59%. Week after, it gets hurt 25%. And then week six, 70, week seven, 80, they lose both these games. The 80 game, I'm actually going to give him credit for playing well. He threw two picks, but he played well. 291, four scores, a 109 average. And then the Buffalo game happens, and he looked like dog crap. <laughs> Do you remember that game? No, I tend to turn that stuff off. He, he looked like dog crap. Buffalo wins this game 26 to 11. He goes 21 for 39, which is good for just south of 54%. For 205, one pick, no scores, and a rating sub 60. He scored a rushing touchdown, but I, I guess my question is while he is having a better November, it's not like November's been without its asterisk. Asterisk is like, no, no, I say that pronoun. I say asterisk is uh, golly. That's okay, a but hard word to say. Let's let's Asteri. let's look at the let's look at the team though. The defense is no good. The offensive line's a joke. His best weapon is Jalen Waddle, apparently. Because even like Mike Gasicki's not really breaking out like you expected him to. Devontae Parker's never healthy, and Will Fuller also decided to take a break. <laughs> well, first of all, if I ever hear that everyone if I ever hear the like Devontae Parker's on this team. If I ever hear that argument, I'm just going to stop listening to you because he's barely up on that team. Uh, Miles Gaskin, for the for his credit, Gaskin's been eating this month. So Miami's a low-ranked defense. For reference, they're lower. They're just one spot below Kansas City, who have not had a good year. Um, granted, the defense in the NFL Seattle, my God, that's a big gap. Um, but there's a there's they're kind of all muddy around between the Colts. And the um, but between the Colts and the Cowboys, they're all kind of, I guess, Colts and Giants, they're all kind of the same. There's like 10 teams in that block. So it's not like the Dolphins are horrendously below everybody else. They're underperforming what they were doing last year. But it's not like the defense is terrible. I'll give you the O-line. The O-line's no good. The defense is not great. Uh, again, I'll give you the defense to some degree. I'm not going to let you say they're terrible, but they're not good. The Dolphin O-line is like one injury away from terrible. So, yeah, I, I get that. I get that the running back room, Gaskin's been a pleasant surprise. Not a surprise. I mean, we, knew, we knew who Miles Gaskin was, but I think most people were overlooking it. I know I was. But it's not like he's got nobody. Um, Waddle's overperforming what you and I thought he was going to do although still not worth the trade they made to go get him because uh, it's costing them desperately. They need capital this year and they don't have it. 
Thanks for that, by the way, Miami. Philly's going to reap those benefits. But I, I don't know if I'm still I, – I, I am still in the I don't know with Tua because this is a guy that should have – I mean, it's a year and a half. It's a little early. He's got six more games to really just, like, do it and show what he can do. Or I guess it's five more games because they've played 12. Yeah, they've played 12. So he, he there's a little bit more ball to play, but it's not like it's not like Miami is like competitive. They're playing easy games the past few weeks or easier teams. And the two games he started were the Jets and the Panthers. And it's not like he blew the Panthers' doors off. 230 in a game where they score 33. I know the defense is the reason they didn't get those yards. The defense had a great game against Carolina. I just, I would like to have seen more by now, and I'm not seeing it. So I'm, I don't know. I know he's, I know your opinion is that Flores probably shouldn't be allowed to continue to. to I think Miami should move on from Flores. Yeah. I, I, I'm torn on that because I like Coach Flores a lot. I, I, I don't know if I agree with you on that, but something has to change because Tua is at least, at least, you know, to some degree developing, but not to the degree that they would like to like him to have produced or developed. And not to mention the fact, I mean, here's the one thing I'll say is how can you expect Tua or Flores, for that matter, to adequately do their job when you know the owner, Stephen Ross, is actively trying to get Deshaun Watson? How could you possibly, right? Mm -hmm. Quarterback's probably distracted. Flores doesn't know which quarterback he's going to be coaching in a year. So how can you possibly? Like, I I just, that's where I'm at with that. I'm confused as to why Miami thinks it's a good idea or why Steven Ross in particular thinks it's a good idea to be trying to actively, first of all, it's tampering, but (laughs) to be trying to actively pry Watson out of Houston in order to do that while he's got a young quarterback and a what second or third year coach doing his thing. I would just let them do their job and worry about Watson in the off season. That's just me though. Speaking of bad management. Yeah. Speaking of bad management. We get to my fun time, and my. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take, let you. I'm gonna let you just take the wheel, and it's not just because I want to eat my burrito. <laughs> well, you can start eating a little bit. You can start eating a little bit, but I think we need to. There's gonna be some back and forth here, especially because I'm about to rip your own front office a new one. Um, I have the bottom five front offices in the NFL that I just think of in my head, in no particular order. Uh, the easiest one we're just gonna get out of the way fast is Washington. Washington's front office is infected by Dan Snyder. I know Dan Snyder said that he's keeping his hands off of football ops. I do not care. Dan Snyder exists. Your front office is bad. So that one is done. I'm not touching them again. And Tina's is literally eating a burrito. Did you mute your mic? He's nodding. Yeah. So that's how that goes. So, I just ripped Washington just because there's no Dan Snyder sucks. And that's pretty much all that matters. Um, next up, Houston. That's another easy one to talk about just because Houston is in such disarray right now. They've mishandled the Deshaun Watson uh, situation royally. 
They still aren't handling it properly. Obviously, the Watson off-field stuff has gotten in the way of them being able to handle it properly, but they've kind of not made the correct move at any point. So that's where I'm at with Houston. Now we go to three teams that I actually think are running things poorly. And and I'm going to start again with Seattle. Seattle's draft history. And, and drafting matters to me. It matters to me a lot because if you don't draft well, or if you aren't using your picks well, then you're going to set yourself back because that's a direct feeder to your team's success. You get better or worse depending on the players you add. So I'm just going to go through some Seattle picks from this past, from the past few drafts. Seattle's top pick this past year was Dwayne Eskridge in the second round, who was not a consensus second round pick. He just wasn't. But simply put, the number one, their first round pick that year, last year, was used on getting Jamal Adams, who has proven to kind of be a liability in coverage. So it's just a better Landon Collins, but on certain days, he's not even better than Landon Collins. So that's, that's a weird situation. Then we go back a year. So that's, you know, one mistake, whatever. Now we go to 2020. Well, their first pick in 2020 was who? It was Jordan Brooks. He's a starter. Linebacker out of uh, Texas Tech. Is he a starter? Yeah. Okay. But to be fair, they they moved on from KJ Wright to make him the starter. <laughs> right. Jordan Brooks, I'll look up his, his, his line from this year. He started 11 games this year. His stat line this year, he's got a great deal of tackles this year. In fact, he's having not the worst season. That said, I don't think anybody thought the guy was going to go that early. I, I just don't think so. And his first year, last year, was just a lackluster season. Six starts as the rookie linebacker. Not to mention, he was a 23-year-old rookie. So they weren't exactly going with the youngest player in the world. Some players picked right after him. Uh, Patrick Queen, linebacker that went directly after him. Uh, Isaiah Wilson, that was a miss. Jeff Gladney is out of football um, for reasons. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, somebody they might have been able to use. Michael Pittman, T. Higgins, DeAndre Swift, Xavier McKinney, Yeter Grossmatos, Ross Blacklock, Jonathan Taylor, LaVisca Chenault, Cole Komet, Grant Delpit, Antoine Winfield Jr., K.J. Handler. These are all, by the way, most of those players went in a row. Many, many players that they passed on. You know, I think they could have used another wide receiver at that time. They took Daryl Taylor, a defensive end. Guess who went next? Chase Claypool. After him, Jalen Johnson, a pretty capable corner. And right after him, Trevon Diggs. And right after him, Cam Akers. Then Jalen Hurts, A.J. Epinesa, J.K. Dobbins. They're missing so many pieces here. Then Raekwon Davis, Van Jefferson, Ezra Cleveland, Denzel Mims, Josh Ucci. There are so many players that so many times, time and time again, you see Seattle make a pick, and everything around it is so much better. This is becoming like a pretty decent draft, huh? <laughs> right. 2019 is the funniest one to me because they take LJ Collier, who no, they take LJ Collier, 
And then they pick again and they pick Marquise Blair. So I want to continue. I want to go back again and take one more swing at the Metcalf thing. He wasn't even Seattle's second pick. They passed on him twice. But around, it's not like LJ Collier was the guy to pick. I mean, is there anything around Collier right after him that would have been a better option? Well, DeAndre ba- Baker's out of the NFL because he, or he's not out of the NFL. He plays for the Chiefs technically. Then there's Caleb McGarry, who's okay on the O line, probably would help a team that needed an O lineman. Meanwhile, LJ Collier, he's a healthy scratch pretty often. And that's not really good. There's an article from Sports Illustrated, October 22nd, 2021. The Seahawks have clearly given up on LJ Collier. So now what? That's literally the name of the article. That's not good. But my favorite one, and it's one of our favorite ones collectively, is Rashad Penny. Because Rashad Penny was not a first round pick. Rashad Penny was maybe at best a day two pick. They took him in the first. They took him in the first. They do this so often. My theory is that they use the first round of a draft to just laugh at prospects. Because if you recall, a few years ago, we were, we were getting together to watch the draft. There was a tweet that went out the morning of the draft from Seattle that basically told the cold like Twitter followers, hey, if you can guess who our player is going to be, here's our hints. And they started putting out hints. How do you know you're getting that player the morning of? <laughs> it happens if he's not a first round pick, but you pick him early. They do it for publicity. It's stupid. They play with draft capital like it doesn't matter, which is a trend that I will unpack again when I talk about a team here at the end. But I got two more teams to go through. Seattle, that's a lot of their problem. They got great and built the Legion of Boom off of their draft, their propensity to draft well late. But they draft so poorly at the top. They draft really poorly at the top. You know what's funny, John? You're about to mention another team that you can say the same thing. <laughs> I draft, I'm about to mention two teams yeah. that, mess up, that are messing up drafts constantly, but for very different reasons. <laughs> Let's talk about another team that actually makes picks. The Las Vegas Raiders are like a chicken with their heads cut off because they don't have a clue what they're doing and they never have a clue what they're doing, which is actually a better spot to be in than the team I'll talk about after the Raiders. Cause the team I'm going to talk about after knows exactly what they're doing. They just don't know that it's dead wrong. The Raiders don't know that what they're doing is dead wrong. So let's take a look at the Raiders Last few, I'm going to look at early rounds. Yes, Max Crosby's a good player. Yes, Hunter Renfro's a good player. If that is the foundation of your football team, you are fat. So let's talk about some of their early capital because early capital tends to be the direction that your team goes. They're one of the most predictable teams because I'm two for three picking their last three first round picks. So and one of them just drove himself out of the NFL at 156 miles an hour. So this is drunk, by the way, drunk. But let's talk about the Raiders draft pattern. And I could go back really far 
and just adjust the pattern the last 20 years because the pattern's the same. Man, go fast, pick. Like that's kind of man, go fast or man is big, pick. And that's it. Darius Hayward Bay should never have gone over Michael Crabtree. How did DK Metcalf not be a Raider? <laughs> that's a great question. That is a great question. And we're going to unpack that right now. In 2021, the Las Vegas Raiders selected in the first round a consensus second round pick, Alex Leatherwood. Hell of a guard. What they draft him for, John? Tackle. Hell of tackle. a guard. They drafted him a tackle and they moved him to guard because he's too damn fat. He's playing pretty well as a guard. He's playing fine. He's playing okay. It's still but, a dumb pick. But I still need a tackle. Second on Trevon Morig. Jury's out. I mean, listen, it's not fair to destroy players in the rookie year. Morig's playing okay. Morig's playing and, great. And his and his value here, draft value is very solid. I wanted no, Morig in the first round. I love I what no, Morig's doing Mor- right now. Getting Morig in the third was great. Second. Who, who's Ma- I'm sorry, second. Who's Malcolm Kuntz? Oh, uh, you'll know him. He's a future starter. He's currently riding the bench. <laughs> cool. And Divine Diablo? Oh, actually. He's a core special teamer, and if he didn't get foot injured, he actually probably would have played a couple of games. Gotta love a third-round special teamer. Mm-hmm. This is It's not what you want to be picking in the first three damn rounds. <laughs> but that's hardly the problem. because I mean, I don't, I don't want to be too harsh on Divine Diablo. He got a foot injury. Yeah. And team knows what I'm going to do with this draft class, with, with, with the Raiders drafting. I'm just buying my time for dramatic effect. Okay. Because I'm going to do it. And you know I'm going to do it. And Ebteen has decided at this point, he has said it before where he's just looked at me and just shaking his head because even he knows I'm not wrong. The Vegas Raiders in 2020. Now, this draft class before looked weird, but not terrible. Now it's terrible. (laughs) Now it's terrible. And it might be worse than 2019. Maybe. But I still take offense with one thing that happened in 2019. The 11th, I'm sorry, the 12th overall pick, the Las Vegas Raiders select Henry Ruggs. Well, what if? shit. But that's not the biggest pro- Yes, Henry Ruggs is out of the league for drunk driving and killing a woman and a dog. Not cool. He's going to go to jail. Dickhead. Here's the biggest problem. The bigger problem I have with that. Jerry Judy and CD Lamb are still on the board when they do that. I don't like Judy. It doesn't matter that you don't like Judy. He's a better football player. It's he and it's yes, yes, he is. And it's not debatable. This is a pointless discussion. He was he had the he had the lower overall ceiling, but he was the most pro-ready receiver, which year one he showed. Henry Ruggs was a one-trick pony that wasn't that good at that trick. And now he's gone because of character. I mean, he has a character problem, clearly, because he's an idiot. Jerry Judy is on the fast track to a captaincy. And CeeDee Lamb has supplanted Amari Cooper as the number one receiver. Let's take a look at the rest of that receiving class. My favorite one. Jalen Rieger. It's a miss. As an Eagle fan, I can straight up say, that's a miss. And I liked Rieger. It's a miss. Justin Jefferson. My favorite one. <laughs> I'm just going to let that one sit in the air for a second. I'll repeat it. Justin, you can go back. We had Justin Jefferson really high. <laughs> Justin, Je- Justin Jefferson. Brandon Ayuk. 
who uh, in the past few weeks has turned it on a bit. Kyle Shanahan's kind of trying to make that into a miss. You know what? The past, again, the past couple of weeks, it's it's turning around a little. T. Higgins. Pretty good hit. Michael Pittman. Pretty good hit. Visca Chenault. No. He's playing fine now. KJ Hamler. That's about where I'm going to stop. We got well, I gotta keep going to Chase Claypool, but at this point, Van Jefferson, Denzel Mims. I mean, yeah, there's this was a there were a million receivers that Brian Edwards, he ended up with another one. But here's where I'll keep going. Lynn Bowden is one of the dumbest picks I've ever seen in my life. Because didn't you trade him before the season started? Yep. You made a third round pick and you got a five for him, if I'm not mistaken, right? No, we got a four for him, and I think we had to send a six. So you traded a three and a six for a four? I think so. That's pretty f***ing bad. I think that's what happened. Okay, let's double check Lynn Bowden's career. Lynn Bowden was traded with a six for the Raiders' original four that was traded to Miami for Raekwon McMillan. Yeah. Okay. How did Raekwon McMillan turn out for you guys? He's still there? No, no. I know the answer is no. So... That's a miss, but it's a miss twice. <laughs> That's special. One trade, you somehow missed twice. So there's that problem. Now, Lynn Bowden's had injury issues, but... And character was, issues. But there was no reason for him to be gone that quickly. It just... Unless he, unless he punched Gruden in the face. And honestly, at this point, I think it would have been reasonable to do so. <laughs> Didn't you just let loose Tanner Muse, too? Yeah, that was injury. Oh, third rounder again. Uh, John Simpson, he any good? He's decent. He's a starter for the guard. That's He could be better. Rounder. Good for him. Amik Robertson, I have no complaints about. I like Amik Robertson. I don't think uh, – I think he's in a little bit of trouble to like – because Nate Hobbs has so clearly taken over as a slot corner. So Amik Robertson kind of is just a deaf piece at this point. So, So let me just put it this way. The problem with the Raiders overall stems, in my opinion, I think the best way to characterize it is a 2019 draft. But and we'll, I'm about to talk about it. And I'm about to rip them a new one for the first round pick. It's going to happen. You know, brace your buttholes. But here's the reality. The problem with the Raiders runs so much deeper than drafting because it is so much about, for them, it's so much about like, oh, we have this idea of how we do things. It's like they think they're the Steelers, except with like no success to back it up. It's kind of dumb. There's no reason for Richie Incognito to still be in the National Football League. Shouldn't be there. He shouldn't be there. He should have been there four years ago. But you brought him back. He played fine. But why? He's in his late 30s and you weren't competitive. What's the point? He's just taking money. You can do better. The the Antonio Brown attempt was a mess. That's not necessarily the Raider fault. But when something that bad is the problem, it's somebody's fault. I know it's a big chess. I know it's Mr. Big Chess's fault. Mr. Big Chess, who just recently got in trouble again. But Mr. Big Race, but Mr. Big Racist is also, you know, not there anymore. But see, John, it's all about accountability. (laughs) Yeah, they were real accountable. The root in the words of Bruce Allen, the, the 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 culture in Vegas is pretty damn good, except it really isn't because it's an aimless circle of nonsense that the the Henry Ruggs selection 
is a microcosm for everything that's been wrong with the Raiders for the last 20 years. Stemming as far back in my draft memory as the Darius Hayward Bay over Michael Crabtree selection. Yeah. And we got them both eventually. Yeah, I know. Here's the thing. Crabtree was never a superstar, but do you know who played more years in the NFL? Hayward Bay with the Steelers. Bay with Pittsburgh as a reasonable teamer. Why was a first round pick relegated to teams? Because he go fast. Because he he wasn't good. (laughs) Because he wasn't good. Crabtree started to have injury issues toward the end of his career. So there's that. Nobody on earth thought Crabtree was anything short of wide receiver one in that draft. Nobody. Nobody on the planet thought that. I remember it. Texas Tech had this unbelievable receiver product named Michael Crabtree. And I remember watching him in college. He's filthy. And then he comes to the NFL, plays okay. And then he gets better and better. Then he started getting hurt and he started going down. Then he had one more year, he went back up, and then he went back down again. Darius Hayward Bay, I, what, what was Darius Hayward Bay's best season? Mm-hmm. Probably his second or third year. Okay, so Darius Hayward Bay's career numbers, I mean, he's only 34 now. His career numbers are 202 catches for less than 3,016 TDs. He broke a lot of TDs. <laughs> he never, it's more than you'd think. He never broke 1,000 yards receiving. He played four years in Oakland. And left, went to Indy for a year, and then had team success with Pittsburgh. And that's it. That was the end of it. He was targeted 115 times in 2011 at age 24. Good for him. He only caught 64 of those. And that's the most catches he ever had in a season. 975, which is not terrible, and four four TDs. That man was never so much as even in the same proximity as a Pro Bowl vote. It was never, never the case. Crabtree was the better receiver. And the Raiders decided, no, nah, he run fast. He's got a sub 4-3. The only thing about your guys' draft history that confuses me is that John Ross hasn't played for you. That's the only thing that confuses me. I don't and think we Chris, have the chance. You probably didn't. And Chris Johnson didn't play for you. Those two things confuse me. But the last thing I will bring up with the Raiders, and then I will finally rip the last guy a new one, and then we will quickly do our picks for the week because we have, this has become a long episode, is 2019. The Oakland Raiders had three first-round picks in this draft. Three. And I got problems with all three, but one of them, Josh Jacobs is a good player. It's hurt a little not, bit too much. What? It's hurt a little bit too much. Oh, no. A first-round running back getting injured? Where have I heard that before every season? Um, it's kind of the territory. The biggest offensive choice, though, the, the most offensive thing that the Oakland Raiders chose to do was that they decided that what they wanted with their fourth overall pick was a pass rusher. Stands to reason. Nick Bosa wasn't going to be there. So they took, they deemed the next best thing, Cleland Farrell. Pass rushers that went after him in the first round include the Jacksonville Jaguar, Josh Allen, Ed Oliver, 
Rashad. How is that Oliver been doing? Playing fine. He's better than Cleveland Farrell. The, the bar is not going to be high here at team. Like, I, it, it doesn't matter. If he's starting, if he's playing, then he's fine. Rashawn Gary, who's outplaying what I thought he was going to do. Just very recently. Brian Burns, same story. Dexter Lawrence. <laughs> some of these Dexter are tackles. Lawrence, a defensive tackle. So, some of these are tackles. Montez Sweat. I don't think he actually has been playing. That's the same, right? No, Montez Sweat's. That's you're thinking of Davenport, aren't you? Davenport, yeah. Montez Sweat's Washington. Oh, okay. That's only the first round. Now I'll keep it in the first round here. The Raiders must have thought, must have thought that they were about to or were making a pick to begin competing because they left Devin White on the board. They left Josh Allen on the board. TJ Hawkinson, Ed Oliver, Devin Bush, Jonah Williams, who I am not a fan of, but Bengal fans have already taken me to task that I'm wrong. Thanks, Twitter. Rashawn Gary, Christian Wilkins, Chris Lindstrom, well, Dwayne Haskins, good thing you didn't pick him. Dexter Lawrence, Garrett Bradbury, I love Bradbury. Noah Fant, Darnell Savage, Titus Howard, Andre Dillard, and then you get Josh Jacobs. There's a there's at least five players I just named that should have gone where they went. Oh, I wanted Devin White. Okay, so here's the pro- so here's the problem. All of this, all of that gets wiped off if you produce. In Cleveland Farrell's 36 NFL games so far, in which this season he has started zero. Yeah, Yannick Nagakwe and Max Krabi is zero. He has. Six and a half total sacks through 36 games. He has one fumble recovery. He has 71 total tackles through three seasons. At end, that's not horrendous, but it's not good. And he has a total of 19 QB hits through a total of 36 games played. You want to compare that to Max Crosby? (laughs) Sure. Let's compare it to Max Crosby. ProFootballReference.com allows that to happen very easily. So to compare the two, Max Crosby has played in 43 games. Career. He has 22 sacks. In seven more games, he has 15 and a half more sacks. How many more QB pressures? He has forced two more fumbles. He has 32 more QB hits. Cleveland Farrell's a bust. Max Crosby and Yannick Ngakwe currently both lead the NFL in pressures. So Max Crosby is a talented football player. Yannick Ngakwe is talented, but he's also fallen a bit from the potential that we saw he was going to have. He's not what we thought. He's still fine. I don't know. I don't know. He's not. What were you expecting per year for him? I was expecting top five pass rusher in the NFL. Oh, okay. The way that one year in Jacksonville happened, I was expecting an explosion. It just didn't happen. Because this year, like, how many sacks does he have this year? In Gakwe? Yeah. I think it's like, it feels I'm like. Gonna let, I'm not going to let you divert me from Cleveland Farrell for very long. I think it's four or five. In Gakwe this year has eight. Oh. And Ngakwe he has. This year has eight. And he has 55 quarterback pressures because I saw that already. He's got. Yeah, I think he's got uh, – pressures is not the number I'm looking at. I'm looking at hits. Okay. Pressures is pretty objective or pretty subjective. I mean, listen, he had such a weird uh, 
situation going in Minnesota and Baltimore. That that was such an odd dynamic. I thought that he should. When you guys signed him, I actually thought it was a good move because you guys were in a position of we're not competing. Like I'm so like you're not. At no point did I come into the season looking at the Raiders and thinking they're a threat for the ring because they're not. And I think their problems on offense are also significant. Their defensive issues are well documented. They have offensive issues as well. But I, I look at the Cleveland Farrell pick and the reasons that you gave me for why they added him. And the answer was like team leadership. That fourth overall, you might as well pick a kicker in the second, Tampa. It, it's or the not- first. <laughs> Vegas. <laughs> no, Oakland. <laughs> Oakland. Janikowski has nothing to do Janikowski with Vegas. Is a first round pick. It's the same nightmare. It's the same virus that's infected the Raiders for the last three decades. The Raiders do not have a clue how to team build. Not one iota. And they will never until the Davis family learns that they don't know shit about football. Nothing. They know nothing. Ever since Al Davis turned 60, they started to know nothing about football. Just win, baby. How about you just make a pick that doesn't scream, what the hell are you doing? Because the Cleveland Farrell pick, when they made it, I remember just laughing at you. I honestly do. I remember looking at you and being like, <laughs> I just jaw dropped and I, all I could do was laugh. And you tried to rationalize it in my head. I'm like, that guy's going to be bust in two years. I can't wait. <laughs> I couldn't wait to be right because I knew I was. I knew I was, and sure enough, I am. Cleveland Farrell will not get that for that. Will not have the fifth year option picked up. If he does, if he does, I need you to shoot Mike Mayock out of a cannon into the sun, because that'd be the dumbest move he's made yet. And that man tried to trade for Antonio Brown. Last team, and I will spare the Raiders any more bullshit because. They've got their own. I could have also talked about Damon Arnett, but there's no reason. So their entire first round class of 2020 is gone already. Josh Jacobs is fine, but I don't think his career is going to be much long. I don't think he's going to have that long of a career because his injuries are starting to already become an issue. And Jonathan Abram, I was on on record coming into his time before he was even drafted. That man's like career is capped at seven years. He's going to hurt himself because he yet he plays really stupid football. He's aggressive. He's not a bad player. He's an okay box safety. He cannot cover. He's Jamal Adams without a brain. He's a dumb Jamal Adams and a really dumb Landon Collins. Because Landon's smart. Landon Collins is a very smart player. Jonathan Abram overpursues more than anybody. He's actually getting better at that. Took him long enough. It's your three. I mean, he finally has a, you know, a coach. <laughs> Gus Bradley knows how to do that. This is this is a team with no direction because it's an offense that's like built to be like, all right, we can try to compete, and a defense built with some old guys and some new, and every pick is wrong. Littleton makes too much money, and Farrell was too high of a capital pick. Derek Carr is not good enough to win a Super Bowl. Darren Waller is good, but not young. And Josh Jacobs is going to hurt himself out of the league. But hey, let's give $8 million a year to Kenyon Drake. It's a team that doesn't know what they're doing. He's not, play, he's, not play, he's not playing that contracted team. This is the problem. They've done nothing but overpay on what they think is valuable. And they're wrong every time. 
and they think they're right and they're not. It's why they've been pedestrian every time. The worst mistake the Raiders have made in the last five years was hiring John Gruden. That's well, I'm, I'm on record as saying it when they did it. I thought it was weird. And now past the point of no return with him, it's worse for other reasons. But Jack Del Rio had you on the right path. He did. The team he did. gave up on him. <laughs> Straight up had you on the right path. The team gave John up Gruden on him. never had the team. Maybe you just had a locker room of schmucks. Get them all out. Maybe. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be very straightforward. Maybe Derek Carr's forgiveness angle is not popular. Maybe Derek Carr's consistent attempt to be kumbaya doesn't work. Maybe Derek Carr is so pedestrian that he feels like he has to talk that way in order to stay relevant. I say that because I'm watching it happen with Jalen Hurts. They try to be good teammates because they know they're not good enough players. I know Derek Carr's yardage number this year is high. I could give a shit. They're 500 again. And I, the only reason they won't end 500 is because you can't. They're 500 again. They lost the head coach. They lost their wide receiver one. When are you going to the playoffs? I don't know. Do it! <laughs> once! It's not this hard! It's already happened once, John. <laughs> yeah, and you wheeled out Connor Cook to play the game. Well, yeah, Derek Carr's leg was broken. <laughs> Just get back. Who was the coach of that team? Uh, Jack Del Rio. Jack Del Rio. Mm-hmm. And then what happened the following year with that Jack Del Rio team? They were still competitive in games. You're not thinking. You try to get flashy. You give Gruden $10 million a year to do nothing. You give Gruden $10 million a year to try to sell the team in Vegas. It's what you did. It was a business move. The Davis family should be thrown out of the NFL. They made a mockery of it. They did not try to build a team. They tried to build a brand. What's funny is they missed. It's popular in Vegas. They did fine there. Mayock is a TV guy, not a GM. And Gruden was a TV guy, not a coach. They went for showbiz. How do I know that? Because Bruce and Buffer calls all your games at the beginning of it. Let's get ready to rumble. This is football, you dick. Go, go. They're maddening. They're mad because I want so badly for them to be good. I really do because the NFL is better when the Raiders are competitive. But every time the Raiders take the field, I always see one play a game where it's just bananas stupid. And I'm reminded that the Raiders are who they are. It's worse than Cleveland. Finally. On that note, I will talk about the final team. And since we are probably approaching a two-hour episode, I'm going to do this quickly. I should have kept the Raiders for the end. But I'm actually more mad about this one because it's the L.A. Rams. Les Snead needs to be fired immediately. If the Rams do not win a Super Bowl this year, and I mean win it, not get to and lose, win, you need to fire Les Snead. Because the Sean McVay act is becoming just that and act. He's not proving that he's an elite coach anymore. Do you think Sean McVay's a top five coach in this league right now? He's definitely top 10. Right. I don't know. Some of the coaching, like... Pete Carroll has fallen very far. So it's changing a lot of the... Carbo, Andy Reid. 
Harbaugh, Reed, Belichick. Belichick. After that, I mean, I just don't think coaching in the NFL is that high right now. It isn't. So unless you're in the top echelon, who's better, him or Vrabel? Tennessee is lacking their offense. They still are winning games. They lost their most recent. And they're going to start going down. But he's pushed them into a realm of, like, decency. I think Vrabel might be top five now. Sean Payton, I know Sean Payton's a great coach. He just doesn't have a quarterback. Bruce Arians was good. I don't know if he is anymore. There's such a big drop. There's such a big drop. My point being, I think Sean McVay might not coach the Rams to a Super Bowl win. I think the Rams, and this is going to be unpopular to think, but if they do not win a Super Bowl this year, I think they have to clean it out. And I mean all of it, including Donald. Clean it all out. Training Aaron Donald would be the you don't trade Aaron Donald kind of like you don't you you don't trade such an elite player like I, I'm going to make sure I stay consistent on this because it's it, it's not it's a very different situation but the Raiders shouldn't have traded Khalil Mack and the the Rams shouldn't trade Donald I will I understand why the Raiders traded Khalil Mack I will understand why the Rams do if they trade Donald I will still think they were both dumb the Rams need to do something and they need to stop pretending like draft capital means nothing. There was a coach back in the day by the name of George Allen who used to operate under the motto, the future is now. What did he do? He traded draft picks for 30 year olds. It's what they did. They have no draft capital this year because they added Matt Stafford. Stafford's playing fine but he's not playing well enough. And the last three games, he's not played well at all. They added Odell Beckham to a non-minimum contract. He's done nothing for them so far. They traded for Von Miller. He's done nothing for them so far. Are you noticing a trend, Dean? (laughs) They're trading all these picks for nothing. So not only are they getting nothing out of the players they acquire, but they don't have the capital to pick players that might help. Trading draft capital is perilous. And they've decided to trade all of it. So the Rams need to win now, not next year, not before Jalen Ramsey's next fucking <laughs> contract. <laughs> they need to pay. You need, they need to win now. It is you December. Mean- future Vegas Jalen Ramsey. You know, I, <laughs> if if you you know what's funny? Good fit. If you build the rest of the team. <laughs> you need to finalize your O-line and you need to pick offensive. You need to pick healthy players. So that I'm, needs I'm that offensive line needs a right tackle. Because, you know right ta- right tackle has actually there was a you know Brett Coleman on YouTube? Yeah. Of course. Brett, Brett Coleman a few years ago did a profile piece on Lane Johnson mm-hmm. and how Lane Johnson was a, was always supposed to become the heir to Peters and play left tackle, but how they never moved him. And how the Eagles were the first ones to understand the fact that all the elite right ends that were playing blindside became left ends. Mm-hmm. There's an argument to be made in today's NFL that right tackle is more valuable than left tackle. 
there, it's a school of thought. I'm not saying I necessarily subscribe to it. I kind of do because his logic makes a shitload of sense. Because if you look at left ends, they're almost always the top end. Lawrence, Watt was the only one I can think of right now that isn't is Garrett. Garrett plays right end. Everybody else, other than the number one guy, everybody else I can think of, Von Miller comes off the left. Watt came off the left. Other Watt comes off the left. Nick Bosa switches, but he does stay right usually. Joey is the left. There's a lot that go left now because the theory is the lesser guy will be a right tackle. But if you need the if you need the stronger defensive end coming at the face and the lesser coming at the back, you're going to meet at the quarterback. It's an idea. So you need to invest in right tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I'm the Rams, how would invest in any O-line? Stop pretending that Andrew Whitworth is worth a damn thing. He's 40. He's actually 40. And he looks older. And he's playing older. What are you doing? You're doing what Seattle did. You're going with the we don't need an offensive line approach, and it's dumb. You build an offensive line through the draft, and you fill holes with contracts to free agents. That's the way you build an offensive line. You've chosen neither route. You've chosen we invested in it years ago, lost Roger Saffold, and it's done nothing but get worse ever since. I, I don't get it. I just don't get it. What are we doing? What are we doing? I Robert Woods mattered to you. Cam Akers apparently mattered to you. Why does your defense stink? Help me understand. Because I don't get it. The Ram defense is middling. It's middling this year. You know who's the number two defense in the NFL this year? The fucking Panthers. No way. (laughs) Number two in the entire league in yards per game. They are one of two teams allowing fewer than 300 yards a game. Buffalo is number one. No way. Makes sense because Buffalo's head coach is a former all-star defensive coordinator. I'm going to name all the teams that have better defenses. Ready? Buffalo, Carolina, Cleveland, New England, Arizona, San Fran. That one's kind of surprising. Green Bay, Tampa, Denver, Chicago, Philly. And I can tell you watching them, they stink on defense. New Orleans, the Bengals, and the Chargers, who can't stop the run. But good thing you traded for Von Miller. No day two picks for you. You traded a two and a three, you Gavones. What are you doing? Let me look at something real quick, and then we'll talk about our weekly picks because I'm starting to get very furious with these f***ing Rams. L.A. Rams, 2022 draft picks. How many do you think they have? Four. Let's see if it's even that much. Without comp picks. They will get comp picks. In fact, they're scheduled to get five comp picks. <laughs> for losing John Johnson, Samson Ebukam, Gerald Everett, and Troy Hill. And Brad Holmes. Brad Holmes hiring, I think that's the Rooney rule, maybe. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they're getting a third-round comp pick for that. Outside of that, they have three. Three. But they have eight picks. 
what round do you think those three picks are in? Their own picks. Uh, the fourth round. Sixth and seventh. No. <laughs> Five, seven, and seven. They do not have a pick until the end of the third. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Who'd they and- spend the first round pick on? Stafford! Oh, God, yeah. Right? Or was that last year's pick? No, that, that was a couple of years of picks. Let's see. Who they lose that pick to? Detroit. I don't remember. No, no, no. I know that one. No, it has to be Stafford. Year. It has to be Stafford. It is Stafford, yeah. Going into the season, they had a two, two threes because of the comp pick. The four, which didn't matter, because do you know how they lost the four? How'd they lose the four? They lost it in the Brandon Cooks trade. But wait, Ebteen says, doesn't Brandon Cooks play for the Texans? You're right. So let's do a little bit of diving. What'd they get in return, Ebteen? What'd the Rams get back? The two, which became Van Jefferson. That's pretty worth okay. it. Yeah. That's okay. Who are you trading? What on your team has value? Beckham? Where's the value? Beckham's what can also, they trade? Beckham's also going to be a free agent, isn't he? What can they trade him team? Uh, Whitworth. I'm doing the Italian hand <laughs> for the camera. What can they trade? Whitworth. He's 40! <laughs> What on the Rams is tradable for capital? Robert Woods. Not now. He's hurt. <laughs> you can't trade an injured player. He's also apparently incredibly important. He's apparently vital to any success you could possibly have. Jalen Ramsey. You, you might get a one. Although that contract is disgusting, so it's probably a two. That contract is still the second worst thing I could ever look at. The Cousins Cousins contract is unacceptable. The Jalen Ramsey contract makes me, like, gives me an allergic reaction. Then all I have to say is, come and knock on my door. (laughs) The Rams need to win now. And if they don't, they're whacked. If they win, say they win this year. Can you just trade the entire team? Yes! <laughs> I think you, you have to do it anyway. I think you, you have to do it anyway. you just trade Matthew Stafford? <laughs> this is bananas. Bananas. What they're doing. All right, John, let's pick. <laughs> uh, we've been recording this podcast for so long that the Cowboys and Saints are at halftime. Cowboys lead 13-7. <laughs> halftime yeah wow okay hey Taysom Hill that's an interception how about that yo what the listen the Saints running running defense is notably good Mm -hmm. except against Philly do you look at the rushing stats tonight no I'll I'll, I'll read the entire they have rushed the ball Cowboys have run the ball nine total times okay Tony Pollard three times for five yards C.D. Lamb, one time for 33. So Let's they must go. have gotten him a sweep. Yeah. Ezekiel Elliott, five carries, 12 yards. 
Yeah. You should give the ball to Tony Pollard for like the rest of the season. Don't make our, Schultz, make our shot take Schultz, Schultz, Cooper, and Lamb all over 40 yards. Gallup's got the touchdown for them from Prescott, 19 for 24 for 176. It's not bad. It's actually okay. 19 for 24 is actually quite good. Uh, any sacks? I like to see sacks. PJ Williams got to Dax. That's one sack. How's Dallas getting? Dallas is nothing on Taysom. The pick was caught by Jaron Curse. Diggs only has two tackles in the night. Mark Ingram, six carries for 12 yards so far. Woo! Ty Montgomery, two for eight. I feel like that high-pitched yell does not help the mic. It doesn't, no. It probably really makes Chris's job very difficult. Anyways, let's move on. Remember when everyone thought Marquez Callaway was going to be like a really good like fantasy sleeper? Yeah. He has not caught a pass yet. <laughs> yeah! Indianapolis will play Houston this weekend. Oh, crap. I got to open that now. We're both picking Indianapolis. What's funny is we didn't drink today. Yeah. Uh, all right. Wait. Week what? Is it 13? Probably. All right. Cool. Minnesota. Colts, Texans. Colts. Boo. Minnesota Colts. at Detroit. Next. Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> What's next, John? Giants, Dolphins. Dolphins. Gi- Giants are fresh off a win against the juggernaut Eagles. Go Dolphins. Tampa Bay. Actually, actually, I'm rooting for the Giants, but the Dolphins are likely to win. Tampa Bay plays Atlanta. It's a crap week. Tampa. <laughs> Philly plays the Jets. Who the f*** cares? Philly. I'll pick Philly. I, I'm actually, I'll tell you right now, I'm like, I'm actually on the fence. <laughs> oh, God. But... I, like I, I'm, I'm out on my team. Like I'm so out. Jalen Hurts not the, out of the playoff. Right? Jalen Hurts played his worst game ever the other night, and I'm counting that first half against Georgia in college. <laughs> this he's playing so poorly. He played so poorly last week, and Jalen Rieger dropped two balls in the last drive that would have won us the game. I saw the last drive. I gotta tell you something. I, yeah, Jalen Rieger's got to make those catches. He made one catch earlier on the drive or earlier in the game that was incredible. And he dropped one really easy one and another one he should have caught. That does not excuse the fact that Jalen Hurts threw three picks, two of which looked like a blind man threw them. Also, wasn't Devontae Smith open in all of those Jalen, all of those uh, drops from Jalen yes, Rieger? So what? What does that mean? <laughs> it's only logical. Go ha- go to hell. Arizona, actually. You're making too much sense, Teen. Arizona. Nick Sirianni needs the flowers to bloom. Arizona. I don't like him. Arizona at Chicago. Do you hear the rumors that Cliff Kingsbury might go to the Sooners? <laughs> John, we're trying to end an episode. <laughs> I know. Damn it. Uh, Arizona. The Chargers play Cincinnati. Are you agreeing? Yeah. I don't think we're going to have any disruption. I, I literally have the entire list already pre-wrote for you. Yeah, we might as well. <laughs> Bengals? Yeah. I think we're both going to be using the random number generator this week. Bengals. Uh, Jacksonville plays the Rams. Okay, if the Rams lose this game, I need less sneeze thrown out of a thrown out of a boat into open water. Washington plays Vegas. Who cares? The coin cares. The Raiders are going to win this. That's so game. stupid. Uh, whatever. I'll pick the Raiders, but I'm not confident. Baltimore plays Pittsburgh. This is Baltimore through and through. Pittsburgh looks like hell. San Francisco at Seattle. 
San Fran. San Fran. Now, this is the one that I let blink just to have fun with. Denver at Kansas City. What do we really think is going to win? We built our parlay to do one thing. What do we really think is going to happen? Kansas City's going to win this game. (laughs) Yeah, Kansas City's probably going to win this football. But I'm picking Denver. You're really picking Denver? Picking Denver. It's in the bet. I can't shot you. (laughs) It's in our parlay. There's precedent. I can't can't shot take you. Denver will win this game, and Javante Williams will take control of that backfield. He should have done that already. New England uh, at Buffalo. I'm, I'm still going to pick Kansas City. I, I think our parlay is wrong, but if it's not, great. <laughs> New England at Buffalo. New England. For this me. is as close as it gets, but I'm going to pick New England until New England shows me that they're not a problem. I was I batted 100%, by the way, on what you would pick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Until random the, right, we're, we're random number generating both of us. Yeah. Woo! Do we want to run random number generate the same game or one each? We're doing one each. Okay. We're doing one each. I already decided. Maximum damage. Maximum damage. Uh, okay. Oh, they're already back from halftime. <laughs> uh, okay. How many games is it? Uh, we already did the Cowboys Saints one. So I'm going to keep that one out. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13. 13. One out of 13. Ebteen, who do you want to go first, me or you? Me, always. Okay. <laughs> I am generating. I am generated. Tell that me means when. you can stop. <laughs> oh, oh, wow, I opened something. Okay, wait, I have to restart because I opened the Oxford Dictionary. Uh, okay. <laughs> Not a sponsor. <laughs> Tell me when. Generated. Okay, six. What is that? Arizona, Chicago. It's Arizona, Chicago. So you have to you have to drink now if Arizona wins. For what it's worth, I did you a favor mm-hmm. because when I look back, the number was actually one. Give me one. You want to drink on Houston, Indy? Give me one. Okay. <laughs> If teen has to drink, because I swear to God, it really said one, and then I hit generate one more time when I saw it. Okay. okay? Ebteen has to drink if the Colts win. So Ebteen has now chosen Houston. Yeah. Now it's my turn. <laughs> Tell me when to stop. Tell me when to stop. 13 and a 7. At 13 and 30. Ebteen, tell me when to stop. <laughs> stop. <laughs> I got two. Minnesota and Detroit. (laughs) Yeah, baby. Detroit, come on. Detroit. All right, so I picked Detroit for what it's worth. I almost did anyway. And Evteen picked Houston, which I'm sure he was never going to do. Tyrod Taylor is the truth. No, no, I got to wrap this up. I got to wrap up the episode. Go Go ahead. This episode has been John's episode. Clearly, he's talked to himself for over an hour and a half. <laughs> so, uh, from all of us in the objectively wrong family, my name is Abteen. That is John. He will never open his mouth again. And uh, we're going to take Christmas off, just so you know. I've already decided that. We'll take probably, Christmas week off. Yeah, probably New Year's too. <laughs> probably. We can't go another two weeks. Uh, I mean, like, nothing's going to happen anyway. <laughs> It'll literally be the playoff race. Oh, cool. Hey.
we might record on Christmas. Yeah. At least the uh, week before, at least the week prior. Happy holidays, everybody. Goodbye. Talk to you later. You weren't supposed to talk. Yeah. <laughs>